But the funny thing is when it comes to the the saboteur, it is something that feeds into a strength of mine. So like discipline is a strength of mine. Being able to like say I'm going to do something and then do it is a strength, but I know that it's connected to the stickler because mm -hmm. if it's not perfect or if I'm not doing it perfectly, then I'm not going to be disciplined enough to do it. Do you get what I'm saying? Like how yeah. they kind of feed into but each you, other? You, usually, usually the poison and the cure is the same thing. Yeah. So it's it, about learning to manage it. It's yeah. not necessary. I think that's my point that like, it's not about eradicating these things. I appreciate that you are concerned with my well-being and want to do things to please me. And I'm sure you also appreciate the same for me that mm -hmm. like that is there. It's about setting some firm boundaries with those things when and being able far, to. That's when you yeah. get that, that then it turns into a saboteur. Exactly. It's about learning how to manage those things, not eradicating them. I think it's all about the way that you can reframe it to make it make sense for you and make it work to your benefit as mm -hmm. opposed to your detriment. Hey, what it do? It's your boy, Brandon, and I am joined today by the light of my heart, Aww. my partner and co-host. <laughs> hey, y'all. It's Yandra. Welcome to the Buffet Podcast. Well, every week we give you that food for thought. Yeah, baby. We started this podcast to review the questions we have asked and continue to ask each other since we started dating. These conversations will range from lighthearted and comical to serious and deep. We both have backgrounds in counseling and are young Black professionals in the DMV area. We know just enough to come up with the questions, but not enough to have all the answers. You can expect for us to be real, raw, and sometimes spicy. All right, babe, what are we talking about today? day so today we're going to talk about our inner saboteur okay where, where did that come from no, yeah what, what are, where did this or what word because i'm familiar with the topic because we've talked about this you know shout out robin pauline i'm sure y'all might may remember this you know this topic of a sushi that we had you know a couple months ago but like where did you originally get the idea to, to want to talk about it so i'd heard of the saboteur concept from RuPaul actually on RuPaul's Drag Race when he has a conversation with each of the competitors or the drag queens on the show he'll he'll mention like getting control of your saboteur like how are you self-sabotaging yourself in this situation and how it may not be apparent to you as a person but it is very apparent to everyone watching and so for some people it's like you know, shutting down after they receive criticism. For some people, it's like not performing their best because they are so nervous that they aren't going to be good enough. Like there, it runs the gamut. And so there's a quiz that you can take online for free 99 where you have an opportunity to discover your own inner saboteurs and kind of reflect on those things and how they may be impacting you now. Mm, okay. And you can find this quiz on, uh, was it positiveintelligence.com? Mm -hmm. Or I'm sure you can, like, Google uh, saboteur quiz. But I think this one is the best one. I did take another one that was only, like, 10 questions, and mm -hmm. it didn't give me information about the saboteurs. Another thing that I would add about this one in terms of the results that we have not fully reviewed yet, so I'm very excited to hear what yeah, Brandon's we took, are. We, we took these, like, a few minutes before we recorded this. Yeah, so we don't know. We don't have all the juice. 
But I think another thing that's really important to go along with this is they do give you an overview of the the, the different origin. saboteurs yeah, and the, the different origin. saboteurs, the origins, why you develop these. And I think it's really important to know that you develop these to protect yourself. Like yeah. they did serve a function and a purpose at one point in your life, mm-hmm. but in your adult life, outside of your family of origin, they are not serving you mm-hmm. anymore. And so you have to do the work to unlearn, unlearn them, decrease yeah. the, the influence that they have on your decision-making and on, your being because they aren't serving you anymore. Big facts. So that being said, I'm just going to give you all a quick summary of each of these things. Cause I know not all of y'all are going or, you know, care or want to go and check out the quiz and read through all of those things. So I'm just give you an idea, give y'all a summation of how we sabotage. I'm just going to read off what they got here and how they define saboteur or sabotages are, they are the voices in your head that generate the you know your those negative emotions those negative thoughts that are a way for you to handle everyday challenges you know they kind of represent it they are like an automatic pattern in your mind about how we think feel how we respond to different stimuli and things of that nature and they can they are usually a cause of all your stress you know the anxiety doubt mm-hmm. um unhappiness things that can and will sabotage your performance, well-being, and in the case of this podcast, your relationship. Yeah. Um, they have, you know, several different types of uh, saboteurs, but how they say is that it starts off with the judge, that who that is the master saboteur. The judge is the universal saboteur that afflicts everyone has this. It's the one that beats you up repeatedly over, over mistakes or shortcomings and, and warns you constantly about, potential future risks it that's the the thing the voice that wakes you up in the middle of the night you know from worrying or it keep makes it difficult for you to fall asleep because you because you get fixated on you know what's wrong with others or your life or a particular situation versus what somebody said etc um the judge and but the ju- judge is also the one that activates your other saboteurs that that cause much of your stress and unhappiness and reduce and can reduce your effectiveness and harm that harms your relationship so the the judge is like the headmaster. You know what I'm saying? They 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 do roll call. It's like, hey, I'm calling out these saboteurs. It's your turn. Go ahead. Come 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 out come out to play, y'all. And it goes down the list. Um, so the judge works with one or more of the accomplished saboteurs to, you know, take over your mind and your thinking um and causes a lot of your the issues. Uh so the first one they list is the avoider. And the avoider focuses on the positive and pleasant and in a very extreme way, and they avoid difficult and unpleasant tasks and conflicts, specifically, spe- specifically uh, conflicts for sure. Wait, as we're going through these, can you tell me which ones are yours, or do you not have the ability to be able to see both? I can't see both, but I do know a voider is one of mine. Okay. It's uh, not one of mine, y'all. Okay. <laughs> the second one is the controller. They are the anxiety-based need to take charge and control situations and people's actions to one's own will they they are very high anxiety and and you know they lose patience and very impatient when that is not possible mm. uh there's the hyper achiever they are de- very dependent on constant performance and achievement for self respect and self validation uh and any you know current achievement is quickly discounted because they need more they quickly move on to the next one because like once they get reach an achievement they realize that it's not really doing anything and in in their mind in order to feel better is to get another achievement. 
Okay, can I add something to this before we move on to the sure. next ones? The hyperachiever is definitely driven or definitely has an impact on some people who are degree seekers, who are like consistently in school, like mm-hmm. always trying to get the next degree, next do the next thing with said degree. I think that that's probably the people who like the people who like be working OD for like yeah. like more like they putting in 60, 70, 80 hours but like you have a nine to five. Like no one's asking you to stay after, but you're mm-hmm. like constantly taking up new tasks, new, new things, even even while you have other parts of your life that also need your attention. Mm-hmm. Uh well, that's a hyperachiever. That's all that yeah. stuff, right? Next one is the hyper rational. They wait, were any of these yours? Hyperachiever is mine. Okay, cool. That's not mine, y'all. Uh, hyper. <laughs> the next one is hyper rational. Intense. Their intense and exclusive focus on the rational processing of everything, including relationships, mm. can be perceived as uncaring, unfeeling, or intent- intellectually arrogant. That's definitely one of mine. Huh. This is my. So this is my first time reading these descriptions because I went straight into the assessment. I didn't read these, uh, and so I wouldn't have predicted that one for you. Oh, I intense definitely would have. An exclusive focus on the rational process. Oh, I guess yeah, I can see that. But yeah. I, I definitely you, rationalize. This year, let's see the other side. Yeah. Let's just uh, check yeah. the other side. But I, as we stated earlier, it is a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. So you know, I I primarily. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. We'll talk about it. Uh, next one is hypervigilance. Uh, they have the continuous intense anxiety about all of the dangers of, and what can go wrong. Vigilance that can never rest. Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's a very tough one. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Next one is the pleaser. Uh, they indirectly try to gain acceptance and affection by helping, pleasing, rescuing, or flattering others. Uh, to the point that they can lose sight of their own needs and become resentful as a result. That one's one of mine. Mm, not one of mine. I mean, it's on the list, but it's like very, very, very low, like damn near to the bottom. Uh, restless. Restless, constantly in search of greater excitement in the next ex- activity or constant busyness, rarely at peace or content with the current activity. That's one of mine. Word. Damn, that's crazy. The next one is stickler, perfectionism, and the need for order and organization taken too far. Anxious, trying to make too many things perfect. That's one of mine. Wow. The next one is victim. (laughs) Emotional and temperamental as a way to gain attention and affection. An extreme focus on internal feelings, particularly painful ones. Martyr streak. What was me's? That's one of mine. <laughs> so are we, are we, are we, when you say one of mine, we say, is this top three or top five? I said the top five. Top five, okay. Mm-hmm. But victim is top three. Okay. I said that before though. I So I guess before we get into the results and based off of what we already shared, were any of them surprising to you? For me, uh, no. no. Hold up a second. I would say, the hyperachiever one was a surprise to me. Mm. That was in my top three. Um, yeah, that was surpri- that was a surprise to me. I, I didn't think that was a thing for me. I thought I, I thought I had a pretty good handle of like achievement, and while it is important, it's not you know anything that I base my self worth off of I, like outside of like the general norm. Mm-hmm. But okay, that's what that's what I. I I will say that 
I think once we read into it, it, it yeah, might make it makes a sense. Little more sense. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, hmm, I'm surprised at this. So I'll have to read a little bit more into it and see what the reasoning behind each of these things are for me to be like, ah, okay, I get it. Because uh, for me, like I said, I have my top five is avoider, hyper rational, hyper achiever, pleaser, and controller. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm kind of surprised by the pleaser and the controller as well, in the sense of like, eh, I didn't think it would be in my top five. Mm-hmm. Tell me, say it one last time. Avoider, hyper-rational, hyper-achiever, pleaser, controller. Okay. Yeah, restlessness was like at the bottom. Yeah, you can relax, no problem. Psh, ain't, no, ain't no problem, <laughs> bitch. Hyper-vigilant was like second to last, but yeah, it was mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. Okay. Where are we starting? You want to start with the ones that we have in common? Uh, sure, that works. Okay. We both have hyperachiever. Let's start there. All right, go ahead. So, I would say for me, the hyperachiever impacts me in the sense of, like, what I was shared earlier of, like, always wanting to strive for the next thing. So, I finish this, or I'm about to finish this. Like, with school uh, about to be finished, so I'm about to finish my master's, y'all. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get all this time back. What am I gonna do with it? And she already scheming and, I, and plotting. She like she already spent it before she got it. I definitely did. I was like, okay, well, I can do this thing. I should start this new venture. I should be doing these things to make this money. Like, I'm gonna lose a little bit of a source of income from my internship. Like, how am I gonna make that back? What am I gonna do with it? And that's all hyperachiever. Like, it's not enough that I just accomplished something. I can't just sit in and relish mm-hmm. that. It's like now what do I do next as a result of me finishing that? Because that wasn't, I mean, that was good. That was cool. But yeah, but on to What's the next, next one. What is the next thing? That's what exhausting. What is the next thing I'm going to do? That's exhausting. That's exhausting. It's got to, I know it's exhausting because you be sleeping the sleep of the sleep. You be sleep, sleep. <laughs> um. Yeah. One of the things that it says is that self-acceptance is continuously conditioned on the next success. And peace and happiness is fleeting and short-lived and brief celebrations of achievement. And I think that that's very true. That if I'm not working towards something or doing something that I feel like is productive, I don't feel like, I'm like, who is this? Why is she just relaxing? What is wrong with her? I can't accept this person. I just don't. Yeah, it's all condition. All of the things are conditional and formatted based off of my performance if i'm doing good then i am good right if i'm productive then i'm i'm worthy if i'm achieving then i'm successful and like all of those things are all fed into each other what what's the ev- the survival aspect of it like talk, talk tell me about that yeah so this know. is often the result of either conditional or altogether absent validation from parental figures and i ooh, even though i was hyper achieving Ain't no, I, there was no pats on the back. When we talked about graduation, I was like, no one's going to care. Remember when yeah, I said def- that? You, de- you definitely did say that. And I was like, yo. No one's going to celebrate this. This mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything to them. It doesn't mean anything that I've done this thing. But it me- means something to you. So I was like, what are you? That's why I, that, I didn't I ask know. what your mama going to do for you or what your dad going to do for you. I was like, what do you want to do? What, what, you, what you trying to do? What's up? How are you going to treat us? How are you going to treat yourself? Yeah. But I think that is so interesting yeah. that that is predicated based off of this so like either it's conditional or it's absent or it's the feeling that like you get love when you do something good right you you get 
love and, and good feelings in return for obeying the rules, for not causing any problems or having good manners. And I definitely feel like, and they talk about this in other places, like personas, like the good girl persona is something that I've definitely been rewarded for consistently over time. People are like, oh my gosh, like. You ain't got no problems. Uh-huh. You ain't got no problems. Like, oh my gosh, like. You're like the golden child. Like you just, you know, we so proud of you. And I'm like, are y'all niggas proud of me? Uh, just, I just on. Oh, like, oh, y'all like this? All right, I can yeah. give you more. I can give you more of this. Exactly, and that's the end of that's the extent of the conversation. Like, yeah, damn, that's all. I guess if if I want to continue this conversation and feel like valued and needed, I, I gotta I, say I'm doing something else good. Yeah. I gotta achieve something else. Yeah, when I achieve, now I can have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. Hey, like, I, hey, I got a hey, hey. How you doing? Hi. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I'm, a, that's the only thing that's worthy of me pre- receiving praise. Even in our relationship, I feel like is an achievement that people are like validating more than they validate other things. Oh, not, oh, oh, not between us in our relationship. Uh, oh, I you, mean, me being in a relationship. In a oh, you, relationship. So you're saying people like people uh, give you like positive uh, affirmation and, yeah, f- and feedback yeah. based off of you being in a good relationship mm-hmm. or just being in a relationship period mm-hmm. Man, that that's real that's real that's real <laughs> that is not a thing uh, amongst men but not a thing amongst men I'm saying within my family there's oh, not okay. a woman that I feel like is just like girl you did it go ahead I'm talking about within my family Man, it is oh. a thing of like is that true for you because yes my dad is definitely happy for me. My mom is happy for me, <laughs> but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like, she's happy, but, like, my baby. Mm-hmm. But she's happy for me. But like, my dad is like, do your thing, son. Mm-hmm. It's you an achievement here. for them, too. Mm-hmm. He's already calling you daughter in his head. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he probably called it. And I'm about to <laughs> keep it a sec. What? What do you feel like when it comes to the origins of the hyperachiever and what we talked about? How do you feel like it shows up for you? I'm still like, well, let me keep it. Well, I also receive like good feedback for being intelligent, you know, getting mm-hmm. good, get, getting good grades, standing on a, you know, like not getting into trouble like that. Like, the, well, I, obviously, I got into trouble, but it went on some like police knocking on your door type situation. Uh, no, I said so. I achieved in a manner that was not stereotypically like common amongst mm-hmm. black people. Whether whether that be mostly just due to education. So it's like, oh shit, you're doing really good at school. Um, so that means you have a bright future. Great, like we love it. Keep it up. So that's what I did. But. It was easy for me, you know what I mean. So, but it was like, okay, now I got to make. I I know what I, I know what I I know a minimum, so I'm just gonna make sure I achieve that. But that's that's as far as I think about it in my mind. But maybe maybe it's maybe it's different. Do you feel like it still shows up for you now? Is there any way with babe? Yes. I was about yes, to say. Absolutely. I, I just yes. thought of a way yes. that you yeah, not now right now. I feel like the hyper achievement is this financial. Yeah. I definitely have like financial goals. I feel like I need to get, or I feel like I have failed. Yes. So. Yeah, it all makes sense now. Yeah, I was about to say, as I'm thinking, as I'm sitting here thinking about it and we're talking about it, I'm thinking about all the conversations we had yeah. about finances where it's like, I'm not doing enough. It's not enough. It's, 
you believe that. Even though while I consciously are aware of like you are a contributor, like you can you, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not all on me. But in my mind it's like, I know it's not on me, but in, but if it is it like I want to have the opportunity. I want to. If if it has to be on me, I want to be able to do it because, like, I don't want our lifestyle or our goals to suffer if, for some reason, like you can't work or mm-hmm. I can't work or something like that. Even though I'm mostly looking at it from if you can't work, more in the sense of like when you have a kid, when we mm-hmm. have a kid, I don't think about then what's going, what would happen if I can't no longer work. Mm-hmm. But I'm mostly yeah. Which is something I probably should consider as well. And that's why we need, we need money where we sleep. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm making a stronger and stronger case about this hyper uh, yes, achiever as I speak. Don't judge me, yo. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm getting better. Do you feel like knowing this hyper achiever thing? I, I mean, is that hyper achievement? But okay, sure. Let's go with it. It is, babe. We live a good life. How many times have I told you we're doing better than most already? You be, we are, yeah, we're already at a place facts. where we're starting off better than most people. This and is big we, facts. We still have plenty of conversations about how it's not enough or like how we would like to achieve more. So I feel You're like right. that definitely. You're right. We are successful by like the metrics of most black people or mm-hmm. most people, period. Let's mm-hmm. keep it a stack. We are. We live well. We, we are decently above average. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're right. We we do live a pretty good life, but it's like I don't feel it. It ain't there yet. Yeah. It ain't where I needed to be. And now now we're talking about it. I'm worried. Like, damn, is there ever going to be a level where I feel like I made it? Well, that's the thing with the hyperachiever, yeah. right? It's like you're never going to get there. And I think that for for you, when it comes to the finances, I'm like, we'll be fine if we make it to this. Yeah. Right. Like if we just set this as a goal and we make it to this. But I think what the hyperachiever and you, when it comes to finances, like impacts me for is like the stickler part of me like i feel like okay if we're gonna do this then we have to do this like we have to do it in x y and z way this is the plan that we have and this is how we have to follow the plan in order to be able to get there if we aren't following the plan then you don't really want to achieve it do you that's yeah that's yeah i hear that i hear that but sometimes you need a little stickler to know especially if you got a procrastinator you didn't but you didn't have procrastinator and it was I don't even, was that even one of the no it wasn't I know? do know that they had a procrastination question yeah they had a couple one. and I definitely was like yes I agree <laughs> I procrastinate like shit mm-hmm. um all right what's the next one that we have in common so we both have hyperachiever do did you have hyperrational no yeah so you, let's go pleaser, let's right? focus on you you have pleaser though right I do have pleaser and not but not controller not controller okay so we, we want to do pleaser you can do pleaser. and then we can go separate yeah okay. uh let me see here pleaser there he is. Pleaser. Please me, baby. They indirectly try to gain acceptance and affection by helping, pleasing, rescuing, or flattering others. Mm. Loses sight of own needs and becomes resentful as a result. This is us. It is. I was reading. I was like, oh, shit. I do have some, some of these characteristics. So the characteristics are has a strong need to be liked by people and attempts to earn it by helping, pleasing, rescuing, or flattering them. Needs frequent reassurance by others about their acceptance and affection can express own needs openly and directly does so indirectly by having people feel obligated to reciprocate care damn uh okay so thoughts uh to be a good person i should put so so these are some of the thoughts that someone who has this uh saboteur may have so to be to be a good person i should put the needs of others ahead of my own Uh, or it bothers me when people don't notice or care about what i have done for them um they can be selfish and ungrateful 
I give away too much and don't think of myself enough. I can make anyone like me. Or if I don't rescue people, who will? Some of the feelings behind that is expressing own needs directly feels selfish. So like I being saying that I need these things or I need to just being plain and upfront about it feels selfish. And there's maybe guilt associated with that. So they have to communicate it indirectly in a sense of like, well, if I need this thing, I'm going to do it for you. And then I expect you to do it for me back without me having to be like, I need this. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, I, I don't like it. Uh, worried that insisting on own needs may drive others away. Uh, they may feel like res- they may feel resentful for being taken for granted, but have difficulty expressing it. Now, some of the justification lies is, you know, I don't do this for is I don't do this for myself. Um, I help others selfish- selfishly and don't expect anything in return. These are, these are the lies that they tell tell themselves or that yeah that we may tell ourselves. Uh, the world will be better place if everyone did the same. Okay, and then the impact, you know, it can jeopardize taking care of your own needs, you know, emotionally, physically, or financially. It can lead to resentment and burnout. Uh, others can develop a dependence rather than learn to take care of themselves and feel obligated, guilty, or manipulated. And then now the piece de resistance. Mm. Piece de la resistance. I hope I said that right. Our original survival function is the pleaser tries to earn attention and acceptance through helping others this is an indirect attempt to have one's emotional needs met. It is fed by two original assumptions that are picked up in childhood. One, I must put others' needs ahead of my own. And two, I must give love and affection in order to get any back. I must earn it, and I am not simply worthy of it. Yikes. Very big yikes. <laughs> big yikes. What resonated with you, babe? Uh, the doing part. Like, I feel like I have to do mostly financially in order to feel like anything. Yeah. And I think about like when sometimes when you ask me like, am I doing enough? Like, are you okay? And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're I, you fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I say it like that, but yeah, to do the, the point is like, I want to check in with you and be like, mm-hmm. yo, like, is there anything that you notice, you know, that mm-hmm. I'm, that I'm slacking on that, you know, so, so you can bring it to my attention. Cause I don't want to, I don't never want that to be a thing. You feel me? I don't never want to have a way. You don't never, I, I'm not trying to have that conversation. So mm-hmm. let me, let me try to pre, let me try to preempt that. But yeah, I agree. I, that is probably part of this pleasing function. Like I feel like I'm not doing enough or feel like there's something I'm missing or I'm blind to mm-hmm. that yeah. you may be judging me for. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's the like sacrificing self needs to the point of burnout. Like, I'm going to do everything for everyone else or yeah, prioritize mm-hmm. other things and then be like, I don't feel so good. Or like, I'm very tired. Why is that? And it's because I haven't done a good job of setting clear boundaries and making sure that I'm taking care of myself. Pouring from empty cups around this beer. Yeah. But I think that I, that where that comes for me in terms of the original survival function is probably just seeing other women in my family do it. Like just yeah. seeing women. Yeah, Cause they had position. to. Yeah. Cause they didn't have a partner or, or, or partners or just support in order to take up some of that slack. So they had to do all that shit. So it looked like, damn, I got to do everything. Mm-hmm. Or if you did have a partner, that partner wasn't contributing, uh, contributing or doing, yeah. yeah, they was doing a hundred and 200% of the job. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
now don't that have we, any more in common, right? No, nah, I think those are the only two we have in common. You want to hit hit me with what was your, which ones are the ones that were not? Let's go to the number one. Yeah, because I, I want to keep it top five. I'm mean, not trying to go Top five, there. top five. Well, that's why I was saying go back to number one. Yeah. So number one for me is Stickler. Ha ha ha. Who's <laughs> surprised? Uh, tagline, perfectionism and a need for order and organization taken too far. Now, let me just say this. If something is out of order, I can't handle it. I'm going to tell y'all right now, I can't handle it. If I'm about to be late for something, your girl starts to shut down. I'm like, there's no way. This is irresponsible. I, I can't do Niggas this. Niggas is disappointed in me. I, yes. I, it is the end of the world if I am not meeting an expectation that sometimes people don't even um have for me. So some of the characteristics that I feel like are very um relatable for me Punctual, methodical, perfectionist. Strong need for self-control and self-restraint. Highly critical, highly sensitive to criticism. All of these things are me. Now, I will say, as I have done the work to, like, we've taken personality tests together. Mm-hmm. I took the Strengths Finder. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of something else that I took. I took a creative type this week. I like these things because I like to learn things. Every one of them affirms something from the last one which means that i'm consistent right like and that i know myself and that i can answer the i'm i'm boss at answering these things but the funny thing is when it comes to the the saboteur it is something that feeds into a strength of mine so like discipline is a strength of mine being able to like say i'm gonna do something and then do it is a strength but i know that it's connected to the stickler because Mm -hmm if it's not perfect or if I'm not doing it perfectly, then I'm not going to be disciplined enough to do it. Do you get what I'm saying? Like how yeah. they kind of feed into but each you, other? You, usually, usually the poison and the cure is the same thing. Yeah. So it's it, about learning to manage it. It's yeah. not necessary. I think that's my point that like, it's not about eradicating these things. I appreciate that you are concerned with my well-being and want to do things to please me. And I'm sure you also appreciate the same for me mm-hmm. that like that is there. It's about, setting some firm boundaries with those things and being able to that's when you get that that then it turns into a saboteur exactly it's about learning how to manage those things not eradicating them i think it's all about the way that you can reframe it to make it make sense for you and make it work to your benefit as Mm -hmm. opposed to your detriment now back to what i was saying thoughts right is right and wrong is wrong yeah very biopic was a very biopic uh Mm -hmm. Idea of things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Black and white. Ain't no gray, ain't no gray. Um, Some justification lies. This is a personal obligation. It is up to me to fix whatever mess I encounter. The perfectionism is good, plus it makes me feel better about myself. So how that impacts other people is that I'm rigid, reduces flexibility in dealing with challenges and change in others' different styles. It's a source of ongoing anxiety and frustration. It can cause resentment, anxiety, self-doubt, and resignation in others who feel continually criticized and resign themselves that no matter how hard they work, they will never please the stickler. And that criticism part, we was just talking about criticism yesterday, and it's, be- it's probably because I'm a stickler. Y'all, Brandon no was making... No black and white. It's, it's all, everything's black and white, no gray. Wait, yeah, wait. it's only one way to make cookies. Brandon was making these cookies, and I was like, I don't like the way he's doing this. I'm not going to say nothing, but I've, I've learned to quiet the criticism, but I was like, that's not how you do that. Mm-mm. I guess. Yeah. I was, and I was like, you got you eating cookies. Yeah. And they fine. were slapping. Mm-hmm. They were, they were yeah. good. 
we didn't have that conversation until afterwards. So yeah. I think that I have. I ain't, I ain't even it. know. She, I ain't even know that was this was the issue. I ain't even know there was a bad way to make cookies. There well, I mean, way. there isn't a bad way to make it. Well, there burning is. them and mm-hmm. things of that nature. But yeah. Okay. The original survival function. The stickler offers a way of quieting the constant voice of self-judgment and fear of others' judgments through trying to be perfect. If you do what is right, you will be beyond interference and reproached by others. Perfection and order brings a sense of temporary relief. This may have generated from a, a sense of order in the middle of a chaotic family dynamic or earned acceptance and attention from emotionally distant or demanding parents by standing out as the unreproachable perfect kid. For me, it's probably a mix of both. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't describe my entire childhood as chaotic, but there were definitely moments of like chaos and disruption and, and things that that led me to feeling like things were out of control, like things were outside of my control. And so I definitely became a control what you can kind of person. Right. But I think in adulthood where there's more decisions to be made that are my decisions, there is times there are times where I feel like I should be able to control this, but I can't. And so it's like fixing that scale or or that range from like what I can control to what what things are out of my control and being able to relax and and be flexible with those things that are outside of my control because it's hard. And even the things that's within your control, recognizing that maybe there are some instances in which you don't need to exercise that control, even though you could, but you, maybe you don't need to. Or, you know, mm. like that comes with the delegation, being able to delegate, feeling like you have to do it all. Yeah, that's true. It's like you can do it all. No one's saying that you can't, but like, why? Mm-hmm. Let somebody else do the $10 an hour job while you handle the big boy $100 an hour job. Yeah, got to train them up though so they can do it right. Yes. <laughs> There would yes, I guess. Go ahead. What's your number one? Number one was oh, first of all, so you you to reiterate, you were not surprised by what your number one was. No. Okay. Were you surprised? No, 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 no. no. So I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, my number one was the avoider, which you know I knew as soon as I read like the ones I was like, yeah, I'm probably most definitely an avoider. Um, like some of the characteristics is they avoid conflict and say yes to things one wouldn't want. They downplay importance of real problems and tries to deflect others, has difficulty saying no, resists others through passive aggressive means rather than directly, loses self in con- comfort, comfort, ooh, my God, loses self <laughs> in comforting routines and habits, procrastinates on unpleasant tasks. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'll say for me, it is the last one, the loses self in comforting routines and habits, procrastinates on unpleasant tasks, and Hmm. The passive aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. That's I think I have, have a history of that. I think I've done a lot to change that part, the passive aggressiveness, mostly through just saying no more. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like recognize, like catching myself, like when, whenever a decision or someone's trying to solicit me for something, like actually taking the time to think about is this something I actually want and if I don't just saying no uh, and being okay with just saying no and because I don't want to mm-hmm. and not feeling the need that I not feeling like I have to provide you with a sufficient enough explanation for you to feel good with my decision yeah because I think I had to do that a lot 
I gotta That's have a reason. Good. I gotta have a reason. Mm. May it had to make sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, you can't just say no and then it just be no. Cause like no, what you mean no? I'm gonna fuck. Do you doing this thing? Uh, so some of the thoughts that come with it is this is just too unpleasant. Maybe if I let it go, it would take care of itself. If I deal with this now, I would hurt her feelings. I'd rather not. If I get into conflict with others, I might lose my connection with them. I have found balance. I don't want to mess with it. I'd mm. rather give someone else their way than create a scene. Mm. I definitely, I feel like I'm guilty of that last one. Mm-hmm. I definitely have a, like a calculus of like, is this, is this the hill I'm going to die on? Yeah. Is this, something, is this something that if it devolves into an argument, do I want to have that argument? But all of those things are, in the, are assuming that you're going to have an argument behind it. So, yeah, I feel, I feel this. Some of the feelings, feelings are even kill, absolutely. Uh, anxiety about what has been avoided or procrastinated. Fear about, hard won, fear about hard-won peace of mind being interrupted, absolutely. Mm. Suppress anger and resentment rather than express anger. Yeah, I definitely have some of that. Uh, justification lies. You are a good person to spare others' feelings. I am. <laughs> Boy. No, <laughs> no good comes out of conflict. Yeah, I'm very risk, uh, not risk, conflict averse. I try not to. Mostly because I'm liable to, you know, throw a chair across the room. Uh, it is good to be flexible. Yes, someone needs to be the peacemaker. Uh, fair. Uh, impact on others, uh, denying the conflicts and negatives, negativities that do exist prevent one from actually working with them and turning them into gifts. Mm. Feeling numb to pain is different than knowing how to harvest the wisdom and pain, power of pain. Mm. That's a bar. Uh, what is avoided doesn't go away and festers. Rela- relationships are kept superficial through conflict avoidance. Big facts. Uh, others' trust level is reduced as they are not sure when negative information is being withheld. Yeah, that's definitely a rec- a rec- something I've recognized to be true in myself and in others. Uh, and then, of course, the original survival function is uh, avoider could rise from both can avoider can rise from both happy and difficult childhoods in happy childhood one might not have learned the resilience of dealing with difficult emotions in a childhood of high conflict and tension the avoider might come come into play peacemaker and learn to not add any negativity or tension of one's own on top of the existing family tensions Hmm. which one is it for you uh I think it was probably more of the resiliency in, no, no, that's a lie. I feel like I'm pretty damn resilient uh, with difficult emotions. Uh, I would, it's probably like not adding to, mm-hmm. like it's a lot of, a lot of shit going on. I don't want to add, add nothing to it and, or be drawn, drawn into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just leave me the fuck alone. Leave me out of it. I don't, I ain't got nothing to do with it. You know what I'm saying? My name is Bennett and I ain't in it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cause I, I definitely is the that's the that's the main part of my avoiding part. Cause I, I remember having this conversation uh, with my sister when mm-hmm. I when I was like, yeah, like my response to like anything like that, I just I just retreat. You know what I'm saying? I go yeah. into my room, close the door, don't talk to me, don't don't bother me. I'm doing my own thing. I don't know nothing going on out of here. Don't mm-hmm. if you bring it into my shit, I'm mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Ooh, that's real. <laughs> It is real, babe. I wonder, 
in hearing, I wonder how these things feed into each other in terms of our relationship. I know that we haven't gone through all of them, mm-hmm. but for the ones that we have in common, the hyperachiever and the pleaser, those seem like things that could be framed as positive things, right? Like you're doing everything you do to, you can do to make me happy. I'm doing everything I can do to make you happy. And so we're both happy. Mm-hmm. The hyperachiever, I see you working on your stuff. You're trying to be the best you can be. I'm trying to be the best that I can be. That is attractive to me. That works mm-hmm. for me. So those are good. I wonder if, like, that's common for couples to have saboteurs in common and those things work to, I guess, in some ways benefit their relationship. I don't know. Or, like, draw you to that other person. I, yes. Like, on like on, superficially, on it, it's like, oh, yeah, they, they, they about their shit. They, you know, they, they have goals. They are working towards it constantly. That works, but like when it becomes a saboteur, that affects the relationship because like now you're not putting into the relationship, you're putting more into whatever mm-hmm. that goal is. You know, you, mm-hmm. you're constantly trying to achieve, but you're not really trying to do that with your partner. You're trying to, you know, maybe you're doing the solo or whatever it may be, or or the your partner is telling you like, I don't need you to do these things for me. Like mm-hmm. I don't like I don't care. If we, you know, are millionaires and living in a mansion, I'm okay with just like a regular ass, like, you know, three bedroom, two bath or whatever house. And then because, because you feel like you need it and you, and you constantly working to, to achieve it, that's taking time and mm. intimacy or whatever it may be from your partner. And now they aren't getting what they, what they need, what they need. Yeah. That's a good point. I think that could also be true for the pleaser, right? Like you're doing everything you think you can do to be able to please me, but you're not pleasing me in a way that means anything. Right. And because I'm also a pleaser and I don't feel like I am comfortable enough to express my needs, you'll never know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I'm thinking I'm killing. I'm like, oh, I'm getting, I'm doing everything I think I need to be doing. You know what I'm like it's a, it's a stereotype. I did everything for them. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they still did X, Y, and Z. It was like, my nigga, they, the person don't give a fuck about the things that you were doing. Did you get, how do you know this is what they wanted? Did you ask that they say that I want you to do X, Y, and Z? Or this is or is this you came into the situation thinking that this is what you do in order to be in a good relationship or a successful relationship or whatever it may be? Mm. Like the things that you seem to care about, I don't value, and vice versa. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. These are good ones. Is that you know yeah, for sure. Uh and then what was what was your my next one that yeah. we don't have? Okay, so this is my third one. This is the victim. Emotional and temperamental as a way to gain attention and affection. An extreme focus on internal feelings, particularly painful ones. Martyr streak is the Mm. tagline. And so when I think about this, just based off of that, when we talk about the way that I respond to things, it is definitely to implode. I just be in, in my own head with my own feelings, just like sorting them through, combing them out, like teasing out the finer details, figuring out, am I? Like, is something wrong with me or is something wrong with the other person? And so those are some are the characteristics. I don't feel like I'm dramatic, but dramatic and temperamental is one of them. They tend to withdraw, pout, and sulk. That's kind of dramatic. No. Like, when you think of a drama, what what are some of the things that you see in a drama? People be yelling and screaming. It's theatrics. It's outward. I don't feel like crying, the, end- or the those type of emotion, crying and pouting and mm, 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 I don't feel good and broody and things of that nature. Those are all parts of a drama. I'm not saying that's a, you. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like those type of emotions are part of a thing. Mm-hmm. It can come off as dramatic. Mm-hmm. Okay. When things get tough, want to crumble and give up. I feel like we just talked about that last week. 
Yes, or two I, weeks I, ago. I, I'm, I'm, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, we was apartment hunting for this for. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was. You, like, you was really to be like, I guess I got to stay in this other place for. <laughs> I got to talk, tell this lady I'm not moving out when I said I was moving out because everything is phones. I'm like, ma'am, we're not done yet. I know. I'm grateful for you. Thoughts: No one understands me. Poor me. Terrible things always happen to me. I am what I feel. That's a real one for me. Mm. I am what I feel. Brood over negative feelings for a long time. Feel alone and lonely even when I'm around people I'm close to. Feelings of me- melancholy and abandonment. Hmm. Sadness is a noble and sophisticated thing that shows exceptional depth, insight, and sensitivity. I don't feel that way, but I could see how someone would feel that way. Okay. V- impact on self and others. Vitality wasted through focus on internal processing and brooding backfires by pushing people away and others feel frustrated helpless or guilty that they can't put more than a temporary band-aid on the victim's pain damn yeah that's one that's that's one i definitely felt that yeah yeah okay the original survival function the victim is sometimes associated with a childhood experience of not feeling seen and accepted coming to believe that something is especially wrong with you Victim is a strategy to squeeze out some affection from those who would otherwise not be paying attention. The moods mimic a false sense of aliveness. I definitely feel like the childhood experience of not feeling seen and accepted. It was, you know, being the smart kid, people don't really like you. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. And people were, I I was definitely teased. Yep. And like ridiculed for sounding white. Yeah, you sound white, bruh. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. And I did not feel seen or accepted. I think the first time that I got around people who I felt like were like me was in college. That means the first 18 years of my life, I was around people who I didn't feel like. That's fucked up. Yeah. Was was my people or like were similar uh, to me in ways that were meaningful. So I definitely feel like, you know. I th- Ooh, that's real. I think the reason, probably the reason that I don't have that is one of my top ones. Because while I definitely experienced the same things you did. At home, it was very much highly prized because, you know, my mom was uh, in the education line, so she highly valued it. And my dad did, too. But my mom was really about that life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was always praised for doing well academically, even though I may have may get, get teased by people in the neighborhood and stuff like that. And now, now I look back on it. I never really went outside my mm-hmm. block. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really go outside. I didn't really hang out with too many people there. All my friends were from school were in the same classes as, as were which are made up of the quote-unquote smart people so like i had those friends there but if i didn't have those friends and i and i just had motherfuckers in my ear just like yo you talk white and you know blah 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 i i pretty sure i would have like did something that like not didn't well at school if only just to feel like to fit in or whatever mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. or maybe i that sense of loneliness like the the first time i feel kind of like people see me or understand me is when I'm fucking 18 mm-hmm. in college, which damn shit. And I think this is an experience that a lot of people, but black people specifically go through. Mm-hmm. Like the black nerds are probably some of the loneliest niggas on earth. Black nerds unite. But I think that the part of the impact on self and others, like vitality wasted through focus on internal processing and brooding. Mm-hmm. That's me all day. I'm like just in here with my thoughts, thinking them through, mm-hmm. like processing them because of the 
that original function of just like nobody understands what I'm feeling. So I have to make sense of it myself. Like I, no one, I feel like nobody gets it. And I feel like, well, I need to figure out how I can make it make sense. And like, I'm going to spend time processing it to make it make sense for myself to feel okay with mm-hmm. how I'm feeling. Cause nobody seems to understand. And by the time you get to a place or a point where there are people who can't understand, you've already, you've already established a routine of, Believe, automatically believing no one will mm-hmm. so you don't you, yeah, you, I'm not going to share yeah, you, 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 like, you, you, would, you would never share because for the last 18 years I know that this is not going to be good so that's just the that's just the instinctual response I instinctually shut down instinctually like get, get in my mind not knowing that now you're amongst people who are like yo what's good like talk talk to me like, I get it like what's up mm-hmm. yeah what's yours babe okay my mine is uh, hyper rational and I believe this yeah this is my second number two um, let me see. This is an intense and exclusive focus on the rational processing of everything, including re- relationships, can be perceived as cold, distant, and intellectually arrogant. Uh, let me see. Characteristics: intense and active mind, sometimes coming across as intellect, intellectually arrogant or secretive. I don't think anyone's ever said that I come that I was intellectually arrogant. No, no one's ever said that to me. But I, but like I, I would believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh. I would believe it. Mm. Yeah, especially yeah, as as a youth, youth them. Now I just know I'm just you know I'm a smart motherfucker and it's okay. Uh, let me see. Private and don't let many people into my deeper feelings. Yeah. Uh, mostly show feelings through passion and ideas. Yeah. Uh, prefer to just watch the craziness around me and and analyze from a distance. Yep. My name is Bennett. <laughs> Uh, can lose track of time due to my intense concentration. Hmm, okay, that can happen. Uh, high penchant for skepsis- skepticism and debate. Yes. You you be debating me. It's it's never just something. Yeah, I I just be wanting to know like what's the thought process behind it. Okay, cool. And let's examine the other side of it. What do you think? Why why do you think this came to be? And I, I feel like that's a good exercise to have, but I think that some of these things are related to strength. But when you do it for just, everything, that even things that maybe necessarily don't need to be, like, that's bro. when you start running into feelings. Now, speaking of feelings, some of the feelings that someone who has hyper-rationalism, uh, some of their thoughts are, no, some of their feelings are, wait, what else I was going to be doing? The thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> the rational mind is where it's at. Feelings are distracting and irrelevant. Many people are so irrational and sloppy in their thinking. Needs and emotions of others distract me from my projects. I need to shut out intrusions. What I value most is knowledge, understanding, and insight. Hmm. Self-worth is attached to mastering knowledge and competence. Yeah, that's real. And uh, feeling, some of the feelings we may experience are frustrated with others being emotional and not rational enough. Absolutely. Which is so wild with you being a therapist. I think that, I know. That, that definitely comes out sometimes for you, though, when you're reflecting on, like, your sessions. Like, they just... Like, I can't tell you much, but just know they... And just be true. But, like, I I recognize that in myself. hmm Yeah. I do be getting frustrated sometimes, or a lot. Uh, anxious about preserving personal time, energy, and resources against intrusions. Yes. 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 Feeling different, alone, and not understood. Mm. 
Yeah, definitely when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Less so now. Like, I feel like I've, I've found my tribe. Uh, shout out to the squad. Uh, often skeptical and cynical. Yeah. Yeah. Very, I'm that's super cynical you, and skeptical. That's what you be debating me on. I'd be like, babe, it could just be rainbows and bunnies and kittens. It like, could nah, be all be happy. And you like, nah, nah, rainbows is actually reflected light off the atmosphere. <laughs> nah, ain't no rainbows. It's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Justification lies. The rational mind is the most important thing. It should be protected from the wasteful intrusion of people's messy emotions and needs so it can get its work done. Damn. Impact on self and others limit it can limit the depth and flexibility of relationships in work and life by analyzing rather than experiencing feelings. Mm. Yeah, intimidates intimidates less analytical and analytically intense people. Hmm. I mean, I believe it when they say it, but I'm trying to imagine like, damn, has, have I ever done that to someone unintentionally? Possible, but I wouldn't know what I uh, whether they you know. I don't know. Uh, original survival function is the hyper-rational is a good survival strategy in early childhood circumstances of emotional turmoil or chaotic surroundings. The escape into the neat and orderly rational mind generates a sense of security or a sense of intellectual superiority. It also gains us attention and praise by showing up as the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This is, this is my way out. Yeah. This your brain my brain yeah yeah now think about that match up with my victimhood where me with all these emotions and just be like okay i'm gonna go inside and explore these emotions and you being like okay tell me how you feel but i'm like you are gonna analyze how i feel you're not gonna feel how i feel or like connect and be empathetic to that feeling, you're going to analyze. And remember when I had all those conversations with you about empathy? I'm like, babe, you're not being empathetic right now. you just telling me, like, your thoughts about yeah. how I'm feeling. You're right. You, and I think that's one of the things that we were talking about, was it last episode, about how you learn so much for being in a, mm-hmm. in a relationship. And I, this is one of the things that I've learned the most about is just being present and empathetic in that aspect and like recognize like oh shit like this is a moment of like connection mm-hmm. that i can use i'm still working on it so i you know i still slip uh but i am aware and like open to you know check me and i'm like okay yeah you're right i'm sorry and we you know go about doing doing that yeah because in learning that i am learning to catch it in myself mm-hmm. so like when you do be like i'm feeling something way my first thing is like but it's not that serious because I'm like, this is not, this is not about that. Chill. Chill. So <laughs> let's talk about it, babe. Let's talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. So I, I think that's definitely one of my grow, one of my biggest areas of improvement for myself. Yeah. And then, and, and the biggest thing that one of the largest things that I've learned from being in a relationship with you and which has helped me become a better person. And a better therapist, because I can, I can, if I tried, if I was trying to do therapy before boy. I met you, ooh, I wouldn't have no, I, boy, I would, I would have only Running intakes. I would only have like an intake and maybe a week or two after that, and they'd be <sighs> gone. Ooh, so yeah, thank you. You're welcome. I would say the same thing is true for me when it when it comes to being a victim. There, 
like you said, there have been times where I wanted to crumble and give up and be like, oh, all hope is lost. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to do anything about it right now. And you're like, well, what if you just try this one thing? And I'm like, okay, fine. We can try this one thing. And then it ends up working out. And I'm very grateful to you. (laughs) Every time I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much, babe, for the push. Because I was ready to give up and not confront this thing. That's when you lose is when you give up. Yeah. But I also think, well, I don't think. I mean, I do think, but it's not relevant. All right, you ready for my last one? Because this is my last one, right? Yeah. This is my fifth one. My fifth one is restless. And so the tagline is restless, constantly in search of greater excitement in the next activity or constant busyness, rarely at peace or content with the current activity. Easily distracted and can get too scattered, stays busy juggling many different tasks and plans, seeks excitement and variety, not comfort or safety. Hmm. Seeks constant new simulation. Yes. On my strengths finder, that's regarded as an intellectual, a person who is like continuously curious and wants to learn new things and like continue to have new experiences. But this, I just want to make sure this is the restless one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. My thoughts include this isn't fulfilling. This next thing has got to be more exciting. These negative feelings suck. I must shift my attention to something exciting. Why can't anyone keep up with me? Hmm. Feelings, impatience with what is happening now, wondering what is next. Oh my gosh, my future orientation. Remember how you were like, oh, I thought you were going to be the hyper vigilant person who is like always anxious about the future. But it's not that. I mean, it, there is some of that, mm. but it's also this thing, this restless thing of like, okay, well, what's next? Well, when we get to this thing, like, what do you think it's going to be like? You think it's going to be fun? Like, I think it's going to be exciting when we get to this new thing. Like, yes. Yeah, I'm happy we got here, but like, where are we going next? I'm like, babe, can we just we got you just got here? Let's let's you know let's see what's popping over here real quick before we. I was like, at least let's you know sit down, get a you know let's let's order a drink, get a feel for the atmosphere before we be like, hey, what's the next spot we going to? Justification (laughs) lies. Life is too short and must be lived fully. I don't want to miss out. I feel those things. I definitely feel those are not negative FOMO is real Mm -hmm. impact on self and others underneath the surface of fun and excitement of the restless is an anxiety based escape from being present to this moment's full experience which might include dealing with unpleasant things the restless avoids a real and lasting focus on the issues and relationships that truly matter others have a difficult time keeping up with the frenzy and chaos brought by the restless and unable to build anything sustainable around it the restless original survival function, excuse me. The restless is a strategy to find constant new sources of excitement, pleasure, and self-nurturing. This could be associated with early life experiences with inadequate parental nurturing or painful circumstances. Restless indulgence not only provided substitute self-nurturing, but also an escape from having to deal with anxiety and pain. Huh. Hmm. What do you think? I'm thinking about some of my lived experiences and like the decision when I finished college to move to someplace new and then Mm -hmm. that didn't work. And then I moved home and then I was home for two years and then I went to Haiti and now I've been back home for two years and we're about to move again. I think that that is a part of this, this like restlessness, restlessness. this like not Mm -hmm. wanting to 
again, driven by the life's too short. Let's have a new experience. Let's do something new. But also like there were unpleasant things brewing here. Like they, I was on the precipice of, um, I came back under with the knowledge that an unpleasant thing was going to happen, that my grandmother was going to pass. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I stayed beyond that. And we're leaving with an unpleasant thing happening in my family right now. And it's like, okay, well, if I'm not here, then I don't have to directly deal with it or I mean, experience damn, that's it. A, that's a good way. I mean, that is a, an interpretation. Yeah, that's true. And I, and I also, I ain't gonna say that's the only reason or no, like the primary, not the like not, maybe not even the primary reason, but it's definitely probably a, maybe a good reason or maybe a good justification, mm -hmm. maybe not necessarily a reasoning, but you know, I think this worked out in the sense of like, you wanted to move somewhere and I also wanted to move somewhere and I had a specific place that I wanted to check out and you was like, Hey, okay, I'm with it. Let's go. Mm -hmm. So, I, so I, I wonder if this, this move that everybody made, would it have happened for you if I didn't also want to, to move as well? Yeah, if you weren't in the picture, I don't know what I, I, the victim part of me who has given up on the house because it didn't work would maybe try to re-engage with that and like consider what that would look like if you weren't in the picture. Um, or I don't know what. Oh no, or, or even if I was here, but I just didn't give a shit about leaving. Like that wasn't a, Oh, it wasn't something that you... Yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm cool. You know, cool. Stay here and I'm, my license is here. And I, I don't know. know. I probably would have felt restless. I probably would have been like, okay, we're here, but how long? There would have had to have been something else, something else for us to achieve or do mm -hmm. or something else for us to experience. Like, okay, well, if we're saving money in one way and we're going to be here, how do we increase the amount of trips that we go on or, like, have these new experiences in other ways? That's facts. I mean, we're still going to do that, but yeah. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? I like, I, I would have um, prioritized that more than anything else. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. You got one more, babe? Yep. And my uh, my last one is controller. Controller. Yeah, I was thinking I had that in my head as well. So this is, this is the anxiety-based need to take charge and control situations and people's actions to one's own will. High anxiety and impatience when that is not possible. This is one of the ones I was surprised for. Where, where did it rank for you? Uh, this is number five. Okay. Two, three, four. Yeah, number five. Um, yeah, number five. And some of the characteristics are strong energy and need to control and take charge. To connect with others through co competition, challenge, physicality, or conflict rather than softer emotions. No. Uh, willful, confrontational, straight talker. Eh, maybe the straight talker mm -hmm. push people beyond comfort zone. Perhaps I mean didn't that kind of line up with the, the that personality quiz we took way back with the uh, what was it the um, virtuoso that, mm -hmm. that would come out? and then that, that's one of the things people say about man that kind of goes together to push pe people beyond the comfort zone comes alive when doing the impossible and be yeah I I do that does feel like yeah yeah they told me I ain't gonna make more than thirty thousand in mental health look at look at me now. <laughs> Fuck you talking about 30,000. 30, um, surprised that others get hurt. <laughs> Damn. Right? I was like, hmm. But I, I think in a sense of like surprised that my actions caused them to feel some type mm -hmm. of way when like that, that may not be in my intention mm -hmm. or like I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see how you could have got hurt from this. So was, I'm surprised that this, I was like, oh shit. Like, whoa. Okay. Um, intimidate others i'm not 100 percent sure i mean i'm sure it's possible but that could be just because i'm a big motherfucker as opposed to just control puppet dance 
Um, and also in your face communication interpreted by others as anger or criticism. Hmm. Uh, uh, some of the thoughts we have are you are either in control or out of control. If I work hard enough, I can and should control the situation so it goes my way. I'm not I'm not resonating. You don't feel like they're you're identifying with uh, you. others want and need me to take control. Absolutely fucking not. I prefer to like fall back and chill nine times out of ten. Um, you are doing them a favor. No. No one tells me what to do. This is true, but I think that's that's like a universal true. Uh in general. Um, I mean, obviously if you're at work and your wall said you you know. Um, some of the feelings we have is high anxiety when things are not going my way. Maybe. Angry and intimidating when others don't follow. No. Impatient with others' feelings in different styles. Can be true. Uh, does feel hurt and rejected, although rarely admitting it. True. Justification lies. Without the controller, you can't get much done. You need to push people. I'm like, push. Okay, yeah, I push yeah, people. I get that from my mom. If I don't control, <laughs> I will be controlled, and I can't live with that. This, that uh, the second, like you. The second part of that, absolutely. Um, but I think if I don't control, I do like to control my shit. Yeah, kind of, sort of. I am trying to get the job done for all our sakes. Yeah. The impact on self and others, the controller does get temporary results, but at the cost of others feelings, at the cost of others feeling controlled and resentful and not able to tap into their own greater reserves. Controller also generates a great deal of anxiety as many things in work and life are ultimately not controllable. Yeah. I think the how this shows up for me the 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 controller that gets temporary results, but at the cost of others feeling. I do have a tendency to like give niggas suggestions on what they should do with like mm-hmm. whatever idea is. Like, just like yeah, I'm th- planning on doing. It. It's like, what? Oh, you could do that, but you can also do X, Y, and Z. This, 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 and this. You should definitely try this. And I'm thinking, I'm gonna just give you some. You know, I thought we brainstorming here, but <laughs> but <laughs> but you know that that being that that may not be necessarily what they're looking for they're just like updating you they don't need you to like think for them or so to speak mm-hmm. uh, so the original survival function for this is underneath the bravado of the controller there is often a hidden fear of being controlled by others or life now that that's sounds facts. like you yeah, that's facts controller is sometimes associated with early life experiences where the child is forced to grow up fast be on his own and take charge of his chaotic or dangerous surroundings in order to survive physically and or emotionally it is also associated with being hurt, rejected, or betrayed and deciding to never be that vulnerable again. I mean. I wonder if they, that sounds more. Kind of spitting a little bit. Bro. It is? Go ahead. Tell me more. I mean, yeah, that, that's like one of my main concerns is like feeling like I'm being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Feeling like uh, someone is controlling like trying to control me in some way, whether that can be uh, in the emotions that I am am or am not allowed to to have or the thoughts I'm am or not allowed to to have or express um or the things I like feeling like I that if if I can I can or should not be doing or perhaps even things that other people feel like I should be doing that I don't really give a fuck about doing. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't like that shit at all. So yeah, so the definitely the part and that kind of goes into like my independence, like how do I mm-hmm. why I value that so heavily. And like any if I perceive any threat to that independence, I I go into defense. Mm-hmm. So now having read through this, I can see I can see why this is number five. Yeah, 
I, it like, connects to yeah, some it, things. It, it connects. It, it connects pretty deeply with me now. Like read it, but it's not such a big controller model like that. Be in like you know one two three. Um, so I can I, I can definitely see this, but I don't resonate with like all of these thoughts and feelings in the sense of like yeah I, I really don't. Um, yeah, being able to control the situation. Others want me and need me to take control. I don't think that I should. Or maybe I worry that that is what they want from me. Mm-hmm. And that expectation that they others have for me is, could be in opposition to what I want to do. And so I fight against it by not trying to take control. Hmm. Like, how dare you? Like, no, I, I don't want to do it. So you're not, you can't make me. <laughs> can't make me mom. Yeah. No. I said no. I don't need to explain. I don't want to do it. So, okay. I feel that. So I, I'm content with how my top fives uh, are line up. I feel like it it hits pretty, hits enough points that I'm I'm cool with. I mean I'm not cool with that that these are my saboteurs, but I'm cool that this kind of dude, I can admit it. Uh, yeah. Ooh, this was kind of revelatory. Yeah. How you feel, feel like that? I learned some things. Other things were pointed out, but maybe explained in a way that now, now I feel like I have some stronger language and to better just explain some of the things I feel or some of the, and why I act some the way I do or why some of those defense mechanisms come up. You know why that looks. I'm like, oh shit, okay, I can see that and I can see why that comes. And I feel like with that knowledge, I can better identify and manage those things. Yeah. I agree with that. I definitely feel like I'm always happy to learn new things about myself and grow in my self-awareness. So this was a great exercise for that. And it was also great to see the things that we have in common and, and reframe some of them. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this can be a positive, but this is the way that it be- can become a negative. So if we bump up against the negative thing, let's address it. Like, let's talk about why, why that thing is a negative and why it can have a negative impact on us as individuals and us collectively as a couple. So I thought that it was good. I do think that self-knowledge is not enough to see real change. I think that in order for the change to happen in terms of how it impacts us, one is therapy is like knowing these things, bringing these things to a therapist and being able to talk them through Two, I think is, um, actively practicing new habits Mm -hmm. or new patterns of thinking so like you know this about yourself now so what do you what What do you do differently like what do you do with it like if i have this thought come up and i know that this thought is a saboteur what is a new thought that i can tell myself to help me Mm -hmm. reframe and like not premeditate on on that particular thing um so yeah i feel like that 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 is where i would encourage people to go next and i guess that's my final i was gonna say is that your final thought cool Mine is kind of related. My final thought is like the you need both the willingness to change and then actively working mm-hmm. towards that change. Um, you know, there's plenty of people who know about themselves. They know they you know that they X Y yeah. and Z, but there's like a lot of people be like, you know, it's too late. Yeah, I'm too old to change. It is. it is what it is. Like they got to take all of me, take me as I am. You know, if you can't love me at my whatever, you can't love me at my best or whatever it may be. So. I think I think it comes the self knowledge is only the first step. Like you know knowing yourself and then work then willing to change the things that can be changed and working towards doing that. 
because it kind of speaks to a person who like who has quote unquote weaknesses that they're not willing and or actively working to shore up to make sure that they are minimized as much as possible. It's like you're leaving yourself vulnerable to disappointment or unhappiness or whatever it may be that's going to negatively affect you. Why would you allow that to be in your life and also potentially impact others if you had any choice or ability to change it? That's, mm-hmm. that's it's, it's, it's negligent. It is. So that is my food for thought. Mm-hmm. Are we good? We Gucci. All right, y'all. Thank you once again for another for tuning in to another episode of the buffet. Please, if you can, stay for these ending messages. Mama, grandma, granddaughter's son. Work that out. Tell me what if you follow us at Sandra. <laughs> Math problems. All right. If you have a question you want us to discuss on the podcast, send us an email at thebuffetpod at gmail.com and we just might shout you out. Follow us on Instagram at thebuffetpod, all one word. Thank you for listening, learning, and laughing with us. This has been The Buffet, where we give you endless food for thought. We out. <laughs>